Hi, I'm Matt. I'm one of our volunteer fundraisers here at Kennedy Street. Thanks for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. Please do head over to our website, www.kennedystreetcio.org, for information on how you could be involved in future fundraising campaigns or how you can donate to this great cause. remembered to be here live just as, as the little red thing came on welcome to our wednesday kennedy street live uh, recovery talks um very excited today and um, we've got two fabulous gentlemen in well three fabulous gentlemen actually including kevin um so for those of you who don't know i'm going to introduce myself my name's claire kennedy um, I am the founder and CEO of um, a Brighton-based charity called Kennedy Street, and we are a recovery charity. Um, basically, we run a recovery helpline, and that's what's emerged thanks to COVID. So, um, and we have a national reach. So, we uh, anybody who's out there who's interested in recovery, wants to find recovery, may have relapsed from recovery, has never heard of recovery, but they want to start their journey, feel free to give us a call. And what we do is we have an army of um, volunteers who we call Recovery Connectors. And what we do is we utilise these amazing resources we've acquired during lockdown to connect callers to these amazing resources that we know of in the community. And today you're going to meet one of those amazing resources um, in the shape of Cafe Sobar, who are a um, Nottingham-based um, project. Um, they come under the umbrella of Double Impact, um, the lovely Graham, um, who is a dear friend of mine and such a helpful chap as well love him dearly he's been so helpful to me as a as a, a founder and ceo of a charity um yeah and this platform that we use these recovery talks are all about just disseminating a recovery message we really want to help people understand that recovery is possible and that um, it is out there and there are amazing projects out there that can help people who are seeking recovery those with the hands up and what we want to do is we want to celebrate those projects and yeah so it, that's in a nutshell really now I am going to say something before we before I hand over to Kevin Kevin can you shut that door please in your room because I also can hear his feedback for the the, the, the dividing door honestly I thought he would have done that before before we even started. So there you go. You can tell it's live, can't you? Because that's one thing. Also, I can hear is myself talking in the background. Brilliant. And Kev will come back now, and I will introduce you to him. So on that note, um, here's the fabulous Kevin Kennedy, and he's going to introduce our guests for today. Hello, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Unmute yourself. That's going to be one of the phrases of the uh, of the year. Uh, unmute yourself that's what people are going to be shouting hi, hi my name's kevin kennedy i'm the patron of kennedy street uh if you need to put a, a face to these Celtic tones i used to play car i used to play curly watson coronation street for 20 years just in case you need to make a connection uh we're nearly there folks in this in this lockdown not long now just got to keep going keep going we're going to be okay there's light at the end of the tunnel personally i can't wait uh, I've had enough now. Just want to go back to work, back on the stage where I belong. So today, we're going to be talking to Greg and Jason from Cafe Sobar uh, in Nottingham, which I've been to a couple of times. It's just down the road from the Theatre Royal, uh, another beautiful building in Nottingham, and I love the Theatre Royal. Anyone from the Theatre Royal, hello guys, how are you? Um, now, uh, Jason uh, is involved in the creative projects, poetry groups, music shows, shows <coughs> excuse me, which helps get in uh, through addiction levels to creativity, which is very important. And of course, they're making some films at the moment. Uh, so without further ado, I'll hand you over to Jason. It's all yours, Jason. Hi, people. Hi, Claire. Hi, Kevin. Thank you very much for having me and us on. 
Um, and like you stated, I am Jason Loftus. I am the general manager of Cafe Sobar, which was originally set up as a recovery hub, safe space, uh, community cafe, uh, mainly targeted at people in recovery, um, but obviously operate as a high street enterprise. Uh, we do live events, we do creative events, we do great coffee, we do great cake, great food. Um, but really our, our focus is to provide an environment where people post, mid, you know, and obviously we work with some people who are in the grips of substance use, a, a place to flourish and thrive. We do well, AA groups, we do mindfulness groups, we do babies and toddlers groups, we do mothers and babies groups. We try and provide uh, an overall environment for people who are struggling or have struggled to kind of recreate their lives really in a safe space away from relapse and away from any kind of negative potential influences. Um, obviously we do training, volunteering, education, work experience, full-time work. The uh, staff division at the moment is 50% 50, 50 people in recovery, 50% people not. So we aim to work with people in the recovery community to put distance between their substance misuse and their new life. And yeah, my drive, as Greg can testify to, is really about helping people who have had that kind of creative leading, creative urge to kind of manifest that as a part of their recovery and a way to express their recovery, a way to express what makes them tick. And that comes in the form of the poetry. We work with the uh, Do or Die Poets, which is a poetry group solely made of people in recovery, ran by an excellent poet called Miggy Angel, uh, ex-Londoner, now one of our own in Nottingham. God bless you, Miggy Angel. Um, he's a published poet. So we work with him. We work with lots of community partners, like I'm Not From London Records, get bands on, people in treatment systems who want to perform. We work with local indie press like Left Lion and try and be part of a community hub and a vibrant creative scene without some of the more cliche stereotypical associations of like getting off your mash on stage and that kind of thing and providing a safe space for everybody to engage, friends and families and your creators and practitioners themselves. And one of uh, our great volunteers is Greg here. Greg is uh, stuck, worked in the recovery community, is a customer of Sobar, volunteers for Sobar in many different aspects, but really we've found together the drive is around filmmaking and creating. So the Sobar socialists, we call them, is our own little film troupe we've got together with a couple of other guys who reside at a, a residential rehab called Studio House in Nottingham. So we get together and on our YouTube channel, make short films, Greg makes short films. We interview other artists in recovery all over the nation and try and give people, you know, on the receiving end and the giving end, an opportunity to express in a nutshell. And that's as well as, you know, uh, dishwashing, pot washing, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jason. That's in a nutshell. That was cracking. I'm not going to lie. Um, cracking nutshell. Very, very interesting. Love the idea. Love the concept. So, Greg, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you um, and how you came about, how you came to get involved with Cafe Sober? A little bit your story, if that's all right. Hi. Uh, first of all, thank you, thank you, and I'm very grateful that I can be here. Uh, I'm a bit stressed, so yeah, but the main message uh, which I want to send to the people and about myself a little bit. So, I am an alcoholic, that is the first and main thing, and that is the reason why I found Sobar. Uh, the soap, I'm living in Nottingham for last five years uh, and as I said I am an alcoholic and I am addicted to drugs as well but I'm in recovery process for quite a long time so there is a hope I, I want to tell to everybody that is possible Definitely, it is possible to be happy and to be sober, but in my case, I had to find the place like sober. Uh, uh, when I finished my rehab, which was about seven years ago, 
I thought that after the knowledge which I get from the rehab is enough for stay uh, for me to stay sober for the rest of the life. Unfortunately, after about one year or one and a half year, uh, my life started to be very very difficult. Uh, I've started to deal with stress, anger, with all these bad emotions. And uh, as I know now, uh, from my experience, of my experience and other alcoholics' experience, it's like, if I want to stay sober and if uh, I want to be happy, first of all, uh, if I want to live my happy life, I need to be surrounded with the right people. And that is why I've started to looking some places where I can talk to the people and where is no alcohol. And I found Sobar because the Sobar, uh, it's a great restaurant with the really friendly stuff and there is no alcohol and it makes this place uh, very safety for me when I'm crossing the doors of Sobar uh, uh, when the first time I've crossed the doors of Sobar I've started to feeling like safe and I'm not telling that just only because we are in front of the cameras it's a real uh, it was I'm talking about the real emotions and in my recovery, uh, the most important thing for me is to, to feel safe. I need to avoid as much as I can. I need to avoid uh, fear. I need to avoid uh, dangerous people which can push me into the situation which will make me open the bottle the alcohol again uh, it's that is uh, there is so many aspects uh, in recovery uh, which I need to care of uh, and I found all this help uh, in well-being hub which uh, was the beginning of my journey when I came back to my uh, recovery process uh, here in England and uh, the sober. So the well-being hub. Uh, there are the people which uh, people like, let's say, the key workers, which can tell me, uh, which can help me to making a right decisions. I can be mentally supported by them, so I can feel safe, and I can do. When, when I feel safe, I can do the things in my life which are, which are, hmm. I can make the right decisions. Okay, so, so uh, I, I'm really sorry, I'm a bit stressed and I have million thoughts in my head which I want to share with you, so uh, that is why. So uh, the Wellbeing Hub gave me a peace of mind that I have a feeling that I'm protected somehow, that I can, I, I could sleep much better. I've started to have a bigger appetite just because somebody gave me the, the emotions like, okay, I don't need to be in anxiety all the time uh, by thinking, what if? Okay, they will do everything to do not help me. They they don't like me because they know that I am an alcoholic and so many people, they suffering some problems and they should be, uh, they should receive the help first. Like m many, like a very dark uh, scenarios I had in my head, which took that, which took away the chance of me of thinking that my life can be happy again. And as I said, sober, when I've crossed 
the doors of Solbar. Uh, I don't know how to explain that, but because of staff were so friendly, I've started to feel, oh my god, this is my, like, a, I, I had a feeling that I'm in the right place straight away. And after some, uh, and I became uh, uh, the customer of the soul bar. I have been there often uh, for a coffee mainly, which is my addiction as well. So, uh, but after being a customer of Sobar for quite a long time, uh, I've decided to ask uh, the manager uh, of an opportunity to be a volunteer there because I have some spare time and I could help other people uh, to other people uh, using my skills uh, to I just wanted to be happy and I had a feeling that if I will help them, I will be more happy. And I did some volunteering things for Sobar and I've met the person in Sobar as well who, uh, who knew that I like to do the videoing. I'm not a professional, but uh, I, I love to do that. And that person told me that, listen, I know that you like to do that and probably just because I decided to be a volunteer there. So somebody decided to be a volunteer for me as well. So it works like, so that person gave me the camera and it was the first professional camera in my life. Uh, so my passion for the videoing, uh, it was like the volcano explosion. So I've started to be more interested about the videoing, uh, the professional cameras giving to the people like me a chance to understand what the camera is, because I've never, uh, I didn't knew it, what the camera is when I've been using the phone. With the proper camera, you can do all these manual settings and it giving you a so huge opportunity to show the emotions and I found the camera and videoing uh, as a main uh, source of my, how to say that, like the engine of my life, uh, in uh, uh, which is like recovery and my life, it's the same thing. And just because I I, I became a customer of Sobar. Now I have the camera somehow. And now I found my passion. And the passion giving me a feeling that when I have the bad moments time to time, that I have reasons for living and it's not artificial. I don't need to... I don't need to acting in front of myself that I'm okay or something like that. I, I can feel that when the bad moments will gone, I have this camera and there are so many stories to, to tell and I can be useful for other people and make their lives happy. And in the same time, I can be most happiest person in the world by using the camera. So it's like, it's incredibly, uh, it's a miracle. And to be honest, in my opinion, the very important thing in recovery, it's uh, creativity, uh, creativity and passion. But that is another, uh, it, it is some stage of recovery because recovery is a process and uh, that is not uh, like I taught in the past. That is a recap and woo, I, I'm okay now. So I, no, uh, it's a process. And for this process, I need to be surrounded with the right people. I need to find the things which I love to do. And all these things I got because of Sobar, uh, like double impact, well-being hub, and all these people 
which are very experienced and very helpful and because all these people I can live my life happy even if I have a bad moments time to time so I want to say to the people which are in recovery on the beginning of recovery it's hundred percent possible and I remember myself when I've started my rehab when I've been listening to the people which they sharing their experience which they wanted to share their happiness and which they tell me that there is a hope I had a feeling yes it's possible for you but not for me maybe I, I, I couldn't believe that I can be the same happy as they but honestly I can promise to the people which are starting the process with recovery I've almost died so I know what I'm talking about even if I'm looking young I've almost died and I have been addicted for many years with amphetamine to amphetamine and to alcohol after that so honestly there is a hope even if I'm in the hell right now so that is my message and that message wouldn't be possible without the gentleman uh, like uh, Jason which is my family you are uh, you you all are my family so I need you and I'm really grateful that I can be here and one more time the message for the people in recovery it's thousand percent possible and that is the process it will take some time but you can live your life happy being happy so yeah that is my message that is an absolute beautiful message thank you so much wow you know i mean i i'm just so glad that you you realize that actually you know this is a journey and you know i know you hear people say it all the time but recovery is a journey you know and i just i'm so grateful that you kept coming back and that you realized that actually you know that the rehab is usually the stopping of the drinking and the drug taking and often people at that point get um a bit confused and think oh well this there you go i've stopped drinking and drug taking now so i'm okay but i'm so glad that you found um so bar and that you not only found your passion but you found your purpose you know and you you articulated that beautifully greg um really you did you know a, a wonderful job of and giving hope to those people that are out there that may have may be thinking you know what i don't think i can do this you know everything's possible everything's possible and what you articulated was the importance of community it's critical it's it's critical that we find our people that we are around people who understand what we're going through and the stages that we go through and that they don't judge you know like you said you know we can get alongside people and understand empathize and i think obviously it's clear that you've got very many gifts and talents and um often i find in my own personal experience is i used to find those gifts and talents a little bit overwhelming before i got into recovery and i used to i used to implode um and this you know this amazing mind that you've got I, it used to overwhelm me and what recovery has taught me like it's teaching you is that actually these are gifts and talents that that you've been given you've been blessed with this amazing mind you've been blessed with these amazing talents and what you're learning through recovery is that these gifts and talents aren't for you to turn in on yourself they're to help other people to come alongside you who may feel lost and lonely. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that beautiful, beautiful story. Kev, have you got any questions that you would like to ask either the lovely Jason or the delightful Greg? Well, thank you very much for that, Greg and Jason. Um, it's always a privilege to hear someone's story. 
and I think it's it's it, I love it when people find our tribe. You know, we are different from other people. Um, I know it's a bridge to normal living, but we can't get away from the fact that you add a drink or a drug to to us, and then we become completely different, and that's not normal. So you've got to find people who understand that, uh, who are not judgmental, and it's hundred percent. It's our it's our tribe. It's our tribe of of uh, addicts who who are who are already who are actually out there doing it, and and the addicts in, who are in recovery. And it's very important that you find that, and you do find that sense of community because you can you can talk to people about it because they understand. Uh, because they've been there themselves it's 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 very cliquey and it's very unique and um and i think that's i'm not saying that as a as a i think it's a good thing that it's cliquey and unique because it's the only way we can we can recover is to, is to share our uh, our fears uh, and what greg said about being scared and, and and fear is we all suffer from that but we never say anything because we always think it's just us and we always just think it's our fears which are unreasonable and 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 outlandish but it's not we all suffer from it and when you actually come across a person or a group of people who suddenly have the same fears and the same thoughts that you have that you suddenly feel that sense of belonging and as human beings we need to belong to a group we can't be singular we can't um and that's the only way we can we can get through this and and as for the arts and uh, filmmaking uh, that is obviously from what from where you were saying it it's your passion um and i've been banging on for years about how art can can really help the addicts because it's 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 we are quite artistic people we are perfect, well, we're great at storytelling because of the lies we've had to tell in addiction we can conjure up a tale out of nothing and make it believable um now, if we harness all that, uh, all that stuff that that we've been going through, it, it can be very productive. And it's just a question of, I mean, I can only just speak of my own experience. I have the perfect occupation for an addict because I'm an actor, a musician, an author, and it gets myself out of out of thinking about me, poor me, and, and my problems when I'm actually portraying someone else up on a stage, like you do when you've got that camera in front of you. When you when your eye goes to that lens. All of a sudden, your world is in that lens, um, and you're thinking about how this looks and how that should work, and how this shot is going to mix with the next shot, and and how the story is the story being told in the correct way, and and all of a sudden you're out of yourself, uh, and that's absolutely vital. Um, the question I have actually is is what what are you making, and um, and do you find that are people coming uh, in recovery and not even in recovery are they coming along to help getting involved what what are the projects that you've got in in the in the, uh, in the pipeline is the cafe is it open that's no. thing I know. <laughs> that's, that's uh, the the big issue you've got we used to um what well, the project in the pipeline is when we do reopen uh, just a, a i've taken my mic out of my ear now cuz clearly it's, something's afoot so please stop me if uh, it's sounding askew um, we had regular monthly events, the Sobar Socials, the last Friday of every month, uh, kind of free to entry for friends, family, the recovery community, and the population at large. Um, so we used to record those, document them, and have them as a kind of resource and as a way to encourage other people to, if they were feeling a bit shy or feeling a bit anxious, there's proof in the pudding that people still can get on the stage and perform. Uh, regardless if they're affected or you know they're not affected a lot of people used to use substances as a crutch to perform but we were trying to kind of process and advance that that's not necessary so the big project now is once we do reopen because obviously we've had to lock down we take the covid situation extremely seriously at sobar um for obvious reasons the big projects now is to start live streaming our events and gigs and performances to uh the planet <laughs> to take over the planet slowly through creativity. Um, so we've just had a new, not to get too much into it, a new dedicated line put in. So our broadband broadband is kind of a uh, bleeding edge. Uh, we've got Greg, we've got another gentleman called Jeff, another gentleman called Rich who are in residential rehab at the moment. They all come from a background of sound, music, film, television. I think Greg underplays his experience a tad 
but uh, we've all got together and we've acted as a little network together. Um, and also everybody who I work with here has been through the Nottingham Recovery Network, the wellbeing hub that Greg referred to. So we act almost, they act as a feeder team to us from the you know football analogy. So people come through there and we, now the big project, as I said, is to start live streaming these events, organizing the events and making them accessible to the general population more so because you know we've still got to deal with post-covid and how that's going to manifest and for a community recovery hub that's one aspect but for, to a high street business that's functioning to deliver a product to the public we're still going to have to a few issues to contend with that but in the meantime you know greg and the crew making short films as i said we're doing interviews with creative people in recovery all over the uk um as well as trying to keep on top of uh, getting sobar opening and try not to get too excited about that but also getting things in place for our little crew of people and hopefully more recruits will get to have you know a real creative output and a, a point and a, a way to express themselves and others because a lot of what we're doing we're kind of conscious bystanders we're setting up the events we're supporting the creative people to get involved and just watching and stepping back and saying you guys know what you're doing you know you're 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 the masters and mistresses of your own destiny now we'll just provide the, uh, the safe space for it and hopefully the live streaming to publicize that so we've had a lot of people that have come through our doors who have not worked with the bbc uh people who are published poets people have then joined up other anthology groups become published poets so it's not it's not a dead end it's, it's something that we aim to proliferate and we aim to support people creatively and in the recovery because obviously double impact is our parent charity so we've kind of got all angles covered in the nicest possible way we've got the recovery we've got the support we've got the connectors we've got the staff who have been through recovery embedded in the recovery community themselves as well as the output of a high street brand that's quite locally successful so we're trying to be a holistic one-stop creative shop <laughs> with some good coffee and cake really so and that's where greg and our sober socialists all our performers are integral you know you can have an empty building in a great space but if you haven't got the people to populate it and support it and get engaged with it we're nothing we're nothing without people like greg we're nothing without the charity we're nothing without the people in recovery who come through our doors so it's um yeah it's not a one-sided story by any stretch of the imagination so with the, with the government guidelines now um they're giving you a sort of date ish is it may the 17th may the 17th we're aiming for yeah that's the monday um but um yay but uh, still there's a lot i'm carrying a lot of anxiety about whether you know the practicalities of that we've still got a lot of work to do in the background as i said because of graham he's uh, our ceo good friend of your good selves he's yeah. been really really amazing around the covid front and making sure we're safe as houses because obviously trying to balance that, balance reopening, balance contractors, it's it's good to be able to go, right, Graham, what do I do? And he's really great at that. So we feel we're ready to go on May the 16th or 17th, sorry, but we've still got to play it by ear around guidelines, rule of six, who can be here, who can be what, you yeah. know, questions we have to ask, engage in. It's not just serving a decent brew anymore and having a nice, oops, sorry, having a nice gig. It's not having a nice cake or, you know, decent lunch. Uh, the the um the challenge has become more complex as well as delivering these events for the recovery community and delivering a good service to the recovery community it's taken a whole different aspect now but we're capable and we're good and we've got you willing you're, uh, you're reaching out beyond the uh, recovery community community as well which i think is absolutely vital because it is a bridge to normal living and i think we should we should be pushing towards encompassing everybody and yeah and that's possible because we need to demystify the, the mysteries of, of of addiction and what people think. Uh, there was another point I wanted to make, which, which sorry, my head's a bit gone. But we, what, Greg, what Greg said, and as a, a recovering alcoholic and addict, I have to say the best drug I have ever, ever, ever taken is that the drug of performance and certainly the most addictive um, and most positive uh and and i think it, and it's it's so vital and this is really a message for people out there that have who are maybe in early recovery maybe late on in recovery just 
pick something up, pick a guitar up, pick a uh, pick a poem, um, do do something marvelous in the garden. Because I be believe me, the the rewards are are, are immense. I'm sorry, Claire wants to say something now. It's all right. No, it's all right. It's, it's it is a it is fabulous because it gets our ju our creative juices flowing. And I do think that you know as um, people with addictive personalities, because that's been my experience of working with people who have got um, addictions, is we, we're quite addictive personalities, a lot of us. And I think that underpinning a lot of that stuff is creativity. It's, a, 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 it's amazing minds that work at a million miles an hour that, that actually what creativity does for me personally, and my, my creative outlet is art. I love art. You know, I'm... Um, my um, very first sponsor said to me, what do you do for enjoyment? So I, I, I used to use drink and drugs, you know, and I was like going out, drinking and drug taking. And she said, yeah, but you don't do that anymore. anymore. What other hobbies have you got? And to be honest, at the beginning of my recovery journey, I didn't have any hobbies. My addictions were a full-time job. And um, she said to me, what do you in what did you what did you enjoy doing before you picked up addictions and to be honest i've been in active addiction from being at school so you know really i had to go right back and she said what did you enjoy doing at school i said well i, I enjoyed art but i wasn't very good at it i wanted to tell her straight away i wasn't very good she said no no i didn't ask you if you was good at it she said i want you to do something that you enjoy because for me creativity and being doing watercolours and painting and all sorts of different, you know, um, things that I use to, to, to create, it's a really mindfulness act. It, I can't be anywhere else. You know, it's like Kev says, when he's performing, when he's putting on a show, he's got to be in the moment. Like when Greg was saying, you know, um, how do you find it, Greg, when you pick up that camera? Do you find that your mind is very focused on what it is that you're doing? Do you find it mindful? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, it's more than just a being busy. Uh, it, it's, like, it's like a huge joy of, of uh, like Kevin said, he said that is the best drug, uh, you know, in the world. And that is it. It's like, let's say, I will give you an example. I, I was trying to find something which will give me the similar impact of dopamine, let's say, by running or I... I Please do not get me wrong. I'm not saying nothing's wrong about uh, some activities which other people are doing. It's like, the thing is that if I will find something which giving me a pleasure, in my case, it's a videoing, let's say, or swimming, even if I have a problems while I'm doing these things, I'm finding the safe space in my mind, which is not dependent on any circumstances from uh, the real world. It's only me and my peace and like the same feeling which the drugs and alcohol have been giving me in the past, like being right here, right now, feeling well, relaxed, feeling safe. So by finding the things which I really love to do, I can, I can start to feel all this emotion, emotions which alcohol and drugs have been giving me in the past. But one more time, as I said, it's a process. It's not happening just like that but it's possible and it's like and it's beautiful art is beautiful <laughs> thank yeah. you we have found a kind of transformative experience sometimes people walk through our doors um and when they do we do open mic nights as well so people will bring their friends and family just going back to kevin's point we'll kind of reach beyond our echo chamber 
because everyone wants to get involved to see transformation and creativity. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not a, it's a team game essentially. And people want the support from their families, their friends, their loved ones. And we've often had people who they'll invite people down. They've not spoke to for years because of their substance misuse. And that will reach beyond the recovery community. And we also work, as I said, with local community partners, like record labels, I'm not from London, Left Lion, and that helps us reach beyond our echo chamber. But it all comes back to that point, that kind of transformative experience that people have, because it provides an element of belief, I've found, that I can do this, you know, <laughs> without X, Y, and Z in my system. You know, I'm, I want it, I'm worthy, people are appreciating it. And some of the, you know, the looks on some people's faces when they get that first round of applause is uh, as a kind of active bystander is just something to behold. You know, it's like seeing a baptism. So it's just like, whoa, <laughs> look at this going on. And it's just, and everyone feels it, you know, and to be in a room, you know, substance free to be, feel that wave yeah. is, yeah, is, is transformative, transformative for everybody involved. Yeah, it really well, it's is. very important, isn't it? Because I mean, if you look at the the quiz shows or whatever, you know, the the Britain's Got Talent and all that, they don't just go on there and and do their bit. They've got to have some kind of backstory. backstory. And the mm. more the more tragic it is, then the better it is, you know, it, uh, which is a sad fact of life. But beyond looking beyond that, beyond the TV stuff, you, sometimes you can't be creative unless you've felt something more than other people. Um, yeah, I find that I find that very interesting, um, and it is a high. I mean, it, it is once you've. And the thing is, again, we we are not afraid to fail as well. That's that's the important thing. If you get up there and do something, and and it doesn't go quite right, it doesn't really matter. No, and we're a really safe, supportive space, so people will get up and you know uh, freeze. But uh, there is no such a positive vibe that people get over it quite quickly because they know they're being supported and they know they're being appreciated. Even yeah. if it's, you know, the first time doing it and they've, you know, built up so much anxiety, it becomes a bit of an issue. And also we have, because we're a kind of a, a bar that doesn't serve alcohol, we can have kind of pre-teen nights. We've got a lot of kind of young artists coming through as well, um, who from different organizations, mental health charities, younger persons, substance misuse charities. So we do reach beyond generationally, generation wise as well. And try and nurture that creativity because it's yeah it's um an example to everyone you know especially in the recovery community that this is possible yeah you know. and and in the in the civilian community i mean like kev said earlier it's critical i mean we've we've piloted um sober sober social nights and what was really interesting i mean we're not a big established charity we we were just seeing it sit trialing it to see what was um what was wanted really in the community and if people were keen to get involved and they really were keen to get involved i think every town should have a, a safe sober environment i really do um but what what really surprised me was the amount of young people that actually didn't have personal um drink or drug problems they were just looking for an alternative social space a lot of young people today don't use drink and drugs because i don't know if it's because of their family history some of them are affected others their parents may have may have been you know drinkers or drug takers you know we do have modern day technology which a lot of young people are quite addicted to the phone so they get their instant gratification via the internet rather than um drink and drugs but i was so surprised that, that all of the university students they were all coming paying to come in which was a revelation and that was one of the questions that i wanted to ask getting to my point is um so your cafe sober whilst you do this amazing work with the recovering community and it's absolutely critical essential and admirable do you also open your restaurant to the general public yeah yeah we could not survive without them <laughs> really and we do uh, we've got a kind of three different cohorts that come in really people in the recovery community uh Four, sorry, we get four lots of young families that are looking for a safe space that don't want to go to, say, Witherspoons for a, a cheap breakfast. Um, so and we also get a kind of an older clientele in the mornings, but a lot of students, a real lot of students coming in to study. Free Wi-Fi goes a long way. 
trust me on that one so and um so they come in sit by the window we've got a beautiful building it's you know the old nottinghamshire building society headquarters so it's a, it's a semi-victorian building beautiful architectural space so people come and sit in and because nottingham is quite an international hub now with a lot of international students who may not drink for cultural reasons religious reasons maybe you know it's not a community they've been brought up in we get a lot of international students coming in which is you know amazing because it's such a diverse crowd we have in that's beyond recovery and a lot of people especially now we can't leave menus out or we can't leave paperwork don't know we're a charity so we're doing it by stealth type of thing to a certain extent because we've got to be appreciative of people's confidentiality why they're here it doesn't matter if you know that people don't need to know there's an aa group going upstairs only the people that do need to know know so people are really surprised when you say, well, actually, we're a charity. You know, actually, we, all our money goes to double impact. We'd help people in the community from substance abuse issues, you know, and we do X, Y and Z. So they're kind of blown away because I think they've got an idea in their head. We should be little old ladies or little old blokes in a church hall, you know, pouring weak tea and Battenbergs for folk because that's what they see a kind of traditional community support aspect. But, you know, architecture are brilliant. Cutting edge technology, great staff embedded in the recovery community, great staff at lots of other activities going on, and a great client group that, um, known or unknown, is supporting a greater good. And when you embed that to people and say, actually, your pound or your 50p does X, Y, and Z, it keeps them coming back yeah. because they want to do some good. Your average Joe or Joe S in the street wants their money to go somewhere good. They want to go to a place that pays their taxes, they want to go to a place that supports their community. You know, there's more, it's more than just a brew, essentially, in what we do. Um, and people are blown away by that beyond the recovery community. So that yeah. really helps us. And more so, more so now than ever before. I mean, what you're doing, I like I say, I've known Graham for a long time now. Um, and what you're doing with Cafe Sobar and, and the charity as well is you're um, being socially innovative. So you're thinking about um, the impact that it has on um, on the, the community that you live, you know. And I know my kids, we've got two daughters. We've got a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old. And I know how socially conscious they are as young people. And I know for sure, I mean, they're very heavily involved in what we do anyway. Um, and they, they know everything about recovery. They know more about recovery than they do about active addiction, to be honest um and they are honestly that that such beautiful girls and for me if that's the only gift we ever give them that that seed of hope you know that god forbid if anything ever happened to them if they ever got an addiction problem or a mental health problem that it's okay to ask for help so that's our greatest gift to them but what what i have noticed with them and their friends is they're really socially conscious young people so they would rather I think every high street should have a sober and in, in league with Costa Coffee, I, I've said this to Graham before, I said, you know, forget Pret-a-Manger, forget Costa Coffee, let's get down to sober or the equivalent. So, you know, we'd love to do something like this in Brighton, have a, a recognisable high street brand that's high quality, good food, good product, that's got a real heart. Right, another franchise opportunity for you if you're interested. There you <laughs> go. There you go. But yeah, I, I agree with you completely. There was that kind of movement in the 90s, a straight edge movement, and a, a lot of people became very conscious about substance use, social responsibility. You just see the generation now. You'll get people coming in and we'll, we've got, uh, everything's recyclable in our place, but they say, I'm not using one used plastic for 2020, so can I have this? What, that, the other? And these young kids, like, at my age, I wouldn't know my base from my apex. <laughs> about social responsibility to be frank you know i was too busy drinking cider in graveyards and running around like an idiot type thing um but yeah it's just a real refreshing face to face engagement with people like that because they are so socially conscious at the moment yeah beautiful and absolutely more now than ever after this whole pandemic i believe in my heart whole heart i've always believed this but now I feel really confident in saying that social innovation potentially can and should change the world, the whole nature of business, 
because there's a lot more businesses have gone bankrupt. There's a lot more businesses that have gone out of business. You know, so it's an opportunity for change makers in the community who want to, who are good at business, but want to have a heart for the community as well. You know, why shouldn't we have Uber um, set up as a socially conscious business? Why can't we have an Amazon? And it's not rocket science. All I need is a good businessman to get next to me. And I'd be making a new Amazon that actually gave 75% of its profits to, back to the community. You know, I mean, why has nobody done that <laughs> yet? Yet. Listen, little acorns, big oaks come from little acorns. But we've absolutely loved having you. Have you got any other questions, Kev? Because we're hurtling towards the end of our um, our slot. No, I just want to say thank you very much. It's been, uh, I'm always impressed with Sobar in Nottingham. Uh, it's one of my favourite places to visit when I'm, I'm on the road. Uh, it's always good to pop my head in. Thank you very much, uh, Jason and Greg. And Could I, I ask a favour, my... Kevin, before we stop? Certainly. What we've got, so one of our, our, my operations manager, Steve Udell, put together this little project we're running at the moment called 10 Records That Changed My Life. So yeah. now we've got Ian Brown from the Stone Roses up there and he's chosen 10 albums that changed his life yeah i wonder if uh, you would do us the honor at some stage we start a dialogue about 10 records that changed your life and what we do we display the albums and you and a little blurb about it it's just a way of explaining to people that you know change comes in different ways and creativity is a positive change so after yeah. this i'd love to if that's all right we'll start a dialogue and pick your brains absolutely okay. no problem that would be great thank you very much yeah absolutely Sorry to no no it's okay and i just want to thank you both and thank you greg for for your honesty and for your wonderfulness you know keep shining keep knowing that in your heart you've been gifted with so many gifts and talents um and that you've got good people around you you know, and just stick with that community and those good people. I do believe that people are put on our path for a reason. You know, our job is to work out what that reason is, you know, and we can learn from it and we can grow from it and then we can pass that gift on. That's what we do here. You know, we, we pass on just a message of hope. So thank you for being part of our um, our recovery talks. We love you. We love double impact we love graham we love you guys now you're part of our our fabulous international recovery family so next time we're in nottingham see you at cafe soba coffee and cakes on me guys thank Yay. you so much thank you take care thank you <laughs> thank you guys thank you for the honor the opportunity thank take you. care thank you thank you everybody for watching yeah and and please share this please give this um, message of hope to your friends and family you never know, just one person might hear this talk and think, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna give recovery a go. So please share and like and keep sharing and liking. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Kennedy Street. Please visit KennedyStreetCIO.org. Recovery is possible.